Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hi, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Well, this uh, segment is brought to you by one of my companies, CommercialAgentSuccess.com. I created 21 one-hour videos with uh, training that commercial brokers really rave about, especially experienced ones. Check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the multifamily market. You know, the multifamily market's just been on fire for, it seems like, a decade now. Uh, but what should we expect moving forward, you know, with this uh, COVID year that we've had? Uh, what's that doing? We've had some um, prohibitions on evictions. You know, what's, what's that doing? What are rents, IXP doing? And what do we expect moving forward? Please welcome my guest. It's Doug Ressler. He's Senior Research Officer at Yardy Matrix. Doug, good to see you again. Thank you, Michael. It's always a pleasure. Well, Doug, when you look at here we are, the you know, first of April, and we just had a year of COVID, and then our first quarter of uh, hopefully the end of COVID, uh, what are occupancy and rental rates, uh, what are they doing around the country? Well, what we see is uh, we believe that we've uh, hit the bottom and that they're starting to rise back up in terms of rental rates. Occupancy has been flat, certainly uh, we've seen different occupancy uh, for the different types of product, lifestyle products versus the work rent by necessity type of product, which is more blue collar type. So, uh, yeah, what we've seen is uh, those both very positive signs for the multifamily industry of uh, slight rental changes up, beginning to move upwards as the economy comes out of the depression it was in. And when did you start seeing the trends of, of rental rates and actually starting to prove? Was it after the election? Was it the first of the year? Or is it more recent? It was in the f fourth quarter that we saw that. I think that one of the biggest things that uh, gave the impetus was the fact that, uh, you know, the vaccination program uh, was very positive, rolled out about that time. And there was a definitive schedule as to when people were going to start seeing the impacts of that. Great. Well, what has the... COVID done to demand for various size units? Are you seeing any trends there of, of tenant demand for uh, larger units? Absolutely. Uh, what we've also seen is we don't necessarily believe that it's a pandemic-related thing. We really see it's more of a hedonic thing as opposed to purchase price and consumer behavior. In other words, if I was sitting in Manhattan and I could get uh, double the square footage for half the price that I had previously paid, I'm going to go there. And so what you really see is it's more of a consumer behavior looking for larger uh, units, especially on the exurbs or the rim between suburban and urban areas. In other words, it gives me the commute capabilities, but nevertheless, it also gives me the price points that I'm looking for. We also see a little bit of that in terms of lease extensions where people want to lock in uh, these uh, prices that they're getting now for a bit, little bit longer. So it's not uh, that some tenants are taking one bedrooms and getting a roommate in two bedrooms. They're just moving to a, a lower priced submarket or community so they can get a larger unit for basically the same rent or less. No, they, they, they do sometimes get roommates, but sometimes they don't. And people, what we've also seen, they're very, uh, area concentric. In other words, they may not necessarily move out of the general area where they're at. They're just looking in the same general area because it may have the uh, coffee shops that they like or whatever the amenities are that they like. 
And so they don't move that far. Uh, you know, there's, a, I think, a misunderstanding as to this great migration uh, that people have been looking about. It gets a lot of clicks in terms of news and things like that. But when we really have uh, drilled down in terms of the data, what we've found is that's not necessarily the case and that people uh, aren't necessarily adjusting their lifestyle uh, that dramatically. They're looking for bargains, if you will. They're looking for better price. And uh, the pandemic, uh, you know, has allowed for that in terms of people trying to fill occupancy up uh, in apartments. And it's working. People are are moving in those uh, apartments. They're retaining in those apartments. And so uh, what we see is that the, the larger units are being filled that way. But we don't see too much of a dramatic change of area or lifestyle. So who's benefiting um, community-wise? Is it... Uh suburban or is it a B product? Uh, what, what do you see there? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I think it's a benefit to all. And that may sound like I'm trying to evade the question, but it's not. In other words, uh, certainly the Bs are doing well. I, I think uh, the As uh, will begin to come back too uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the economy and what's happening there. And certainly, owner developers are looking at it as a very positive sign to meet fiduciary responsibilities. So, I think all in all, that it's a it's a win win for everybody because you've had this tremendous amount of uh, policy as well as uh, health uh, positives in the last uh, two quarters uh, that have really helped to turn the economy around. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I see, I see a lot of excitement out there from a lot of people, and it's really good to to see. I think a lot of people want to get out and. And be around people and work around people and uh, get back to, to life as normal. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, Doug, is the age of tenants in these communities. Are there any trends there you're seeing? What we're seeing is, um, just to remind everyone, we've always had an affordability issue even before the pandemic. In other words, the housing stock or housing in general just was inadequate to meet uh, the demand. And so what we see is, and typically, uh, you know, your your sweet spot of rentals used to be the millennials, and now they're aging, and you would expect that they would move to uh, purchase houses. But because of the lack of supply and uh, the costs and things like that, millennials are staying longer in rental apartments. And then you have the Zs, the rent, you know, Z generation coming in right behind it. So it's a very positive uh value to see all this demand supplement itself in terms of rental housing. That's what we see because uh, where you would see a transition in terms of the older millennials uh, moving into housing, you don't see that they actually retain in the rental properties uh, that they're in right now. You know, Doug Ressler's a senior research officer at Yardy Matrix, and we're talking about the apartment market, and uh, they do thorough research on 135 markets throughout the U.S. Their website is yardymatrix.com, and that's uh, Y-A-R-D-I matrix.com. Well, Doug, what do you expect then for the rest of uh, 2021 and into 2022, if you will, uh, for the apartment industry? I think it's all very positive right now. I think one of the things that uh, are two things that really are driving, first of all, the economy, Uh, the economy in terms of uh, how it gets back uh, how fast it comes back. I think there's been two revision, but two revisions right now by the Office of Management and Budget, along with you know some of the banks and things like that, as to what the overall GDP is going to be this year. 
Uh, and for the most part, everything's being revised up. So a lot of that is going to depend on that. The other thing, too, is going to be in terms of this work from home and how that translates into hybrid models in terms of where people work and where they live. And I think that uh, that's all over the map. There's no consistent uh, methodology yet. Some people like banks say because of security and things like that, we want our people actually in the office. Uh, then you have people like Google that are saying we're looking at uh, three out of five days, but they have to be within a reasonable commute distance, which is the Google model. And then there's a lot of others. But again, it's based on the synergy of uh, what holds your company together and the glue, as I say, in terms of the organizational dynamics that you need. So all that is playing out. But I think it, in the long run, it's all very positive for the multifamily industry. Well, Doug, we've had really good rental rate increases here for for many years. What what is it averaged like five percent or more? Uh, tell me. And then, what do you expect for rental rate increases uh, in the, throughout twenty twenty one? Throughout twenty twenty one, right now, we're looking at about two point nine percent in terms of the markets uh, that we cover right now. And so uh, we're seeing that uh, there's slight variation in terms of uh, even a little bit more positive, you know based on what the economy does and things like that. But that's what we're seeing. What about new supply, Doug? Has uh, new supply slowed down any, or is it uh, still new supply, Yeah, new supply has uh, slowed down, obviously, but it's starting to pick up momentum. We actually saw an inflection point beginning around March uh, in terms of the new supply. What you see is that uh, peop, you know developers are looking at a couple of different things. First of all, the cost of construction. Uh, and B, do they have the demand? Because uh, as you know, uh, these developments go in and it takes uh, quite a significant period of time before they're completed, you know, anywhere from 19 to 36 months. And so you've got to be underwriting and guessing what your demand is going to be two, three years out uh, as you propose your development, put it together. So I think that there's a lot of uh, much more fine tuning in terms of where you put your developments, how you put them, do you put them in gateway cities, do you put them in exurbs, uh, things like that as to where you put them because, and what are the competitive pressures that you're going to be running into uh, in those areas? Because if you go in and you say, well, everybody's going into this particular area of Dallas, you know, your your demand is going to be uh, affected because of that. So I think people are be, becoming much more astute uh, as to where the jobs are and where they locate their products so that they uh, can, you know, meet their fiduciary responsibilities. Yeah, it would seem these construction uh, costs that have risen uh, so much um, lately uh, would just be an impediment impediment to, to new supply and really overall uh, improve the value of existing uh, communities. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen it. I mean, um, in terms of one, we track the developments. We also track the sales, and uh, it's it's a very good news. I mean, there's a plethora uh, of things going on, especially in the Sun Belt area where we see a lot of things. Denver, uh, all those areas are very up. Uh, technology is also uh, this is an aside. Technology is also uh, running uh, against this in terms of 3D printing for apartments or housing. And you think I'm crazy when I say that, but it was on uh, Diana Olick and uh, NBC was talking about it. She did a story on the 3D uh, printing where they actually make the whole 
uh, house or the whole small mini apartment that way. And uh, she said she was in San Francisco and she was observing it being done. And some someone drove up and they said, well, how much do you want for this? And the developer said, well, it's already sold. He said, well, how much do you want for your company? <laughs> and I said, so you, what you see is you see all these different types of alternatives, single family rental. Again, uh, that's uh, very white hot right now in terms of an overall market, water seeking its own source. If I'm trying to fight the issue of affordability and how the costs are, can I also look at single family rentals? Uh, some people are investing in that. Again, you're looking for alternatives to be able to correct the problem. Yeah. And Doug, uh, when you look at the rising rents in these communities, these class A new communities and the rising construction costs, the rising land costs, uh, and the rising entitlement cost as well, um, where do we get into a challenge with affordability? You know, how many of these tenants in these communities can afford to just keep paying these increasing rents? Might that limit the ability for some of these communities to continue to raise rents as we move along here? I think that you have to be conscious of it as as a community, as a developer. I think that's why some developers are looking at alternative sources. Not only are they doing that type of thing, but they're also looking at single family rentals uh, to be able to build a more affordable product uh, in combination with whatever their current portfolio is. So I think uh, you're following that same general mentality of how do I hit all the markets and do it correctly? and all the consumers, do I need to adjust some of my product mix to be able to do that? Yeah, it seems like that rents have been really rising faster than uh, incomes for a while. Yeah, there has been. There, there's starting to catch up uh, in terms of that. Certainly there's, uh, you know, the wage growth right now uh, that was in the tank is really starting to grow quite well uh, based off the most recent figures that I've seen. So your outlook uh, is uh, very positive then overall for, for the entire uh, apartment community throughout the U.S. then? Absolutely, in long term. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, the issue of housing is going to be uh, one that is very financially rewarding and at the same time it's going to be very exciting. Excellent. Well, Doug, great information as usual. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, Michael. Check out Doug Ressler, all their information and, and services. Their website is yardymatrix.com. You may have heard of some of their other companies, Rent Cafe, uh, Commercial Edge, uh, and, and others. So do check them out. Hey, and thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Show. And thanks for uh, sharing. And thanks for connecting in your favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, think about the opportunity to do business or refer business to our sponsors. Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. For incredible commercial agent training, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Core.green. Use ION technology to create a safer environment for your real estate. Visit core.green. For more commercial real estate intel, forecasts, and strategies, visit CREshow.com.